You're listening to The Critical Channel, a show about organisational culture, software architecture, Google Sheets becoming sentient and taking over the world, all those other very easy problems. With Maxim Kravitz, Pedro Carvalho, Warner Bukoy, Italo Vietro, and myself, Kieran Patel. This week's topic, feedback. On the topic of this, this was me giving feedback to Warner. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's let's segue properly, shall we? Because uh, <laughs> this is going to just devolve into bad jokes, otherwise, <laughs> as does as does every episode. But uh, no, so our our very easy problem this week is um, you know every company wants it talks about we want to create a positive feedback culture, we want to create a feedback loop, we want to. Uh, you know, we want to cross the streams. Yeah, basically make feedback, make everything great again by taking feedback and and, um, being open with sharing it and everything. Um, I found, I I think it's a very noble cause. I found very few, if any, success cases for creating a positive feedback culture, uh, or at least a very low percentage of success cases compared to the amount of companies who say, hey, we're trying to create a positive feedback culture. So yeah, let's unpick that. What, how do, how can we create a good feedback culture? What even is a feedback culture? What does that look like? What's the, what's the Thanos snap end game uh, of feedback culture? And uh, what what can you do wrong? What can you do right uh, to hopefully get you closer to that? I think the only thing Easy. I can talk about is what you can do wrong. It's as good a place to start as any. That's valuable. Yeah, let's do that. So don't be Dutch. <laughs> don't be too direct. <laughs> don't forget the shit sandwich because it actually is useful. So that I often I forget. Yeah, I think that's generally some of the easy things. I'd like to point out to all our listeners that Warner is Dutch and not racist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also would want to add that uh, what if you have to deal with other people from the same or similar culture? Would it not help you to be direct and everything else? It- like if you know that they are like you? Actually, this is this is something. Really on the oh, it, we're we're gonna go back. I don't know, like a decade now or something, because we're uh-huh. that old. Uh, this is one of the first things that you approached me with to help to help you out with. You said uh, something along the lines of, "Everyone says I'm too direct. How do I give feedback in a less direct way?" And I think in this case, you were talking specifically about comments on pull requests, right? Uh-huh. Um, but. That I mean, that for me, as someone who had freshly moved from the country that I had grown up in and not really thought too much about different cultures and nationalities and, and language barriers and things like that up until that point, I, I still remember that quite vividly because it was uh, an eye-opener that I had trouble with maybe not being direct enough. And uh, you had trouble coming from the opposite angle that, that you were you were too direct, and it was it really interesting to try and solve both our problems at the same time and meet somewhere in the middle. Uh, yeah, you know the, the the problem of not not only like being too direct, it also bites me back a little bit because, and and this is going to be very generic um, to the whole Brazilian uh, crew, but basically Brazilians are not exactly direct, right? They keep going rounds and rounds and rounds until they say something you really like it um, or that you want to hear. So nobody's really direct. So whenever I am, um, it's not really well received, right? And, and I'm not really a person that likes to go rounds and rounds just to say something you want to hear. Um, I'm extremely direct whenever I give feedback, which might sound a little bit harsh here and there, but if the feedback is direct but positive, in the sense of you can grow with it, amazing. Um, but if the feedback is direct and, and just rude, that is not a problem of feedback. That's a problem of, 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 of the person per se, right? So the way you say things to, to, to other people. Um, so that was really interesting uh, to adapt. So do you Ooh, think that... But I think rude is always... I was, I was going to say, do you think that I you're think direct? Root, if if I look or... at root, it's always one of those problems where you're like, okay, 
you don't know when you are so overnight. Yeah. And like things which are rude in one culture. So for example, when I'm like, I'm relatively direct up to the point where it's maybe a bit towards like for some other cultures, definitely very rude. Uh, and for me, it was actually normal when I joined international companies, I was sitting there and like, why are you being insulted? I just told you my opinion. Like, it, it what, this was my opinion about the things you happened. You can you can clearly so, see that for like uh, people coming from America back to Europe, and in America they have the same problem as we have in South America of going rounds and rounds and rounds until they say something directly to you, or they put their message through. In at least here in Germany, people are extremely direct. Right, like they're really to the point in general. Not sure how much more direct they are against the Dutch. Uh, people, but for us, uh, it's already pretty direct, uh, which for me was normal because that's my style. But for a lot of people, it's a shock, right? Like they're not used to it. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll second that both of you about the style. And my problem is usually, which I guess yours as well, is like, give me direct feedback. Stop beating around the bush. You keep talking for half an hour. I still don't get what the problem is. If there is a problem or if it's a compliment, like, what are you talking about? I want feedback, about? not compliments, you schnitzel. <laughs> no, no, sometimes you don't even understand whether that's a compliment or not. It's like a long speech, how things are, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, all right, say okay, it already. Okay, so it's good to give context, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's important to give context, but don't don't go rounds and rounds for things. So I think... Yeah, and, and I'm at the same time, I'm the person who will give you all the context you didn't ask for. But when I'm listening to others, I'm like, shut up, <laughs> <laughs> say what's important and shut up. So, you know, we've talked like Italo is sometimes too direct. I had to learn to find a balance there somewhere. Um, I, you know, we, we don't want to offend people when we give feedback or usually we don't. Um, how do we how do we achieve that? How do we achieve being able to give feedback in some way without being offensive learn basically um you either learn by doing and failing and seeing how your words can have extremely powerful um powerful outcomes or somebody will tell you at some point at least that's what happened to me right like i got feedback for instance that i was too direct right and sometimes my words were coming across maybe in the wrong way I took that feedback, I learned from it, and these days I know how to deal with people much better than 10 years ago when I was doing this job. Um, but it takes time and practice, right? Like you have to give feedback to get better at giving feedback. It's, it's just the way it is. There's no magic receipt. That makes it true feedback loop. You get feedback yep. for feedback. Yep. So what, what would you say... A number one tip would be from something you learn about being less direct while still being able to say what you mean. I mean, I think it, it all depends on how you, you put the, the facts out there, right? So if you're giving a feedback, and again, depends on the type of feedback, right? Like if you can give positive feedback about something that somebody has done that is good, but you, I think most of us are more interested on the feedback that is like for you to grow, right? Like it's an improvement kind of feedback. And in that sense, you got to be careful with your words, right? Like you, you need to really think before you say it. I had this problem. I wasn't thinking before I say it. Um, and I think I got, I got to be a better listener at some point, really trying to understand the other, the, the other side. And then later on, like really digesting, taking time, breathing in a little bit, and then telling my, uh, my view of the things or, how do I want to pass my message on, right? But really just po pointing out things concretely, not just vague statements out there. Um, so concrete data is extremely important on feedback, on improvement feedback. I want to add something to that because I think one of the things is also very different in feedback is if you take written feedback over vocal feedback. And definitely if you have like an in the moment kind of kind of feedback conversation where she's quickly after a meeting uh, that kind of interaction is totally different from let's say a 360 
yeah. feedback, which you have to write down, you have to take your thoughts, you have to take examples from the past, you have to look at reference materials. So I think it's really important with those kind of feedback, those written feedbacks, is to really mention examples. When did that happen? If you want to give some feedback, like, hey, you should improve on your communication skills. Like, okay, give an example where that didn't go well. Say how the person could have done better. Like, take the, invest the time into that kind of feedback. I think that's what written feedback really important. If I look at vocal feedback, uh, uh, think before you say it's definitely a very good one. Also very hard one. Definitely once you become a bit more passionate or you have a certain dislike for some people, which also happens. Um, so yeah, think before you talk. It's probably the totally valid yeah. thing to do. And also if you notice that you're getting emotional or, the, or if the conversation is getting emotional, don't be afraid to just say, let's stop right now. Let's take the time to breathe and then let's come back to this in the next day or something, right? Like it's totally fine to do that. Um, the important thing that is that you don't get too emotional because once you do, you are burning a lot of bridges in relationships already. So it's out of feedback and now it's into a fight. This also depends, yeah, that, right? That. If you have the case where you actually are positively giving feedback and you actually become emotional because you think somebody did a really good ah, job and you're praising yeah. them, then it's a good thing. Like it's praising public. Uh, what was the other one? Praising public your size privately, but it's yeah, um, that one. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like positive, but also like even in the positive side of things, like some people don't like to be praised in public. Right. So my recommendation here is always ask to the, for, to the person like, Hey, how do you want me to provide you feedback? Right. Like get to know your, uh, your peer really. So you're like, Hey, you're fine. If I, if I say a few words publicly about your work, I really liked it. Cool. Awesome. No, I prefer not. Okay. No worries. Then I go privately and just say, yeah, good job which is also fine, right? So everybody has a different uh, style. Yeah, the dislike you mentioned, Werner, I think one really has to sit and figure out what what's their goal, like with that dislike, do you want to basically get rid of that person in your life, work, relationship, whatever? Do you generally want them to improve? Or quite often with the dislike, you're just, kind of projecting your own insecurities or something like that. So if it's a genuine dislike, maybe also it's this, I don't know, not your person. And I think you should really, really make sure you figure that out before you go to feedback session. So it wouldn't be just you telling the person things you don't like about them, Yeah, which might have nothing yeah. to do with work. Maybe you just don't like this thing and it's okay. Like, I don't know. I, I don't really have good examples right now, but I, I think that shouldn't be part of feedback. Or if it is, then there should be yeah. should be well thought through by you, and then maybe also it should be a conversation of sorts with the person where you figure out things. Yeah, I want to pick on this just to highlight something we've I think already mentioned, but is important, which is feedback. The point of it is not to complain or whine or like. There's a point to it that's uh, towards the development of the person who is receiving feedback, right? Uh, this usually comes from managers. It can come from peers as well. It can come from uh, reports too. Um, but usually the point is uh, to lead to some kind of improvement or development. And so you definitely don't want a situation where you call someone over to complain about something that they did. That's not feedback. That's that's different that's like mm. an argument that's a, a conversation maybe that's that's not feedback feedback is like very centered around like i statements and, and actions like you know i hey i observed um how you uh read through everything that's in the powerpoint presentation and i didn't feel super engaged uh, uh with this because you know i could see the text on the screen and i would have really liked to hear some comment from you about some commentary about the stuff that was on the screen because i really wanted to hear your your actual like thoughts on it more than just read the text like that would that would be feedback because you're describing something that you're observing and you are uh explaining why you're bringing it up and you're suggesting something that could be done uh differently your suggestion could be right or wrong the other person might disagree with it um but this is very different from, hey, I thought your presentation sucked. 
Oh right? yeah, no, that's, that's not that's feedback. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not constructive. It, it's feedback. not the nice yeah. way. Exactly, it's not constructive feedback. But it's uh, yeah. it's also not. And, and yeah, you can get like it. the worst kind of feedback, where the feedback stops being about the the work or the subject and and is about the person, like. The, you know the 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 worst kind of feedback is when you equate somebody with their behavior or their actions and you say hey like you know you 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 are this like you you know you are difficult to work with yeah. it's like no i think that the way that you <laughs> the, the, <laughs> one more <laughs> the, you know the way that you do xyz makes it difficult to work with you is a much better way of phrasing that feedback and that's without any that's without me putting any thought into how to do it right it's just it's literally just turning it on its head and making it not about like you are a thing and you cannot change that about yourself and more about here is an action that you do where i think you could put a bit more consideration into it but that's um you know one of the hardest types of feedback to really uh to really give to somebody is when when you have a toxic person in your team right so and potentially they don't even know that they're toxic. Um, giving that feedback to somebody in a constructive way might be your intention. Um, but the problem is also like on the other side, the person has to be ready to receive that feedback or, or change or realize or acknowledge that they are or that they have a problem that is bothering a lot of people. Um, those kind of problems to have in your teams are extremely hard to fix with just with constructive feedback because most of the times people are just not going to really listen to it. Um, it's extremely hard um, unless they hear over and over again, like constructive ways on how to improve themselves and they have to be willing to improve themselves. But again, you're already mentioning oh, yeah. something very important. Like I was in this situation in my last position where I was dropped into a team. I had six, seven other things which I was doing for the company at the same time. Um, yes, I was giving a lot of feedback in towards those regards to those projects because I knew they were going to be used across the company. I was asking the tough questions because they were actually asked, even when they didn't answer me, that the people in that team, they decided not to answer me. And then they, of course, I had a manager in that team who did not know about the seven other things or was not involved enough in caring about that. Which, of course, also encouraged that toxic situation between the manager and myself. Uh, and again, like I think there it is also the case where as a manager, you need to, uh, you need to earn the respect as well of the person you're giving feedback to. Mm. Like it is very hard to get feedback where you feel already like, okay, I disagree because, hey, these are the things which will happen. And definitely when you're proven right over and over again and people keep ignoring you, you also this creates that toxic environment and which is really hard to get out of um does it mean you you shouldn't accept feedback no but it is important who gives you the feedback so sometimes i think as well as if you have if you notice one of those toxic environments sometimes it's smart to get somebody from outside of your team or outside of your sphere of influences and actually have them talk with that person talk about the feedback and the important part is help them improve because what I what I see a lot with feedback is, oh, we feel you don't communicate well. Mm. That's, that's it. very broad. It stops. Yeah. What does good yeah, communication look statement. like? Yeah. For starters, right? Yeah. Now exactly. there there is also the, the the problem I have with is the we feel thing. People feel many things, but that's also yeah. one of those issues with feedback, right? It should. Feelings are important, but feedback should not be about how everyone feels. Otherwise, there will be no end of it. Yeah, and you can call it feedback. Like feel things, but it should still be connected to like work and what happens. And like, okay, you feel this, but why? Yeah, and not. not I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say like I, I look at feedback as a, as a more broad than just work. Right. I like to give feedback for people in my life. Sometimes, like, hey, you mentioned this in a in a way that I wasn't really feeling comfortable. That's feedback. Um, it's just outside of work context. And, and I think you can still apply the same principles in both places, both in your personal life, but also in your, on your work life. Obviously we see more constantly at work because we are also more exposed to different kinds of people at work, people that perhaps will make us a little bit more uncomfortable in some situations here and there. Um, 
I like what you say though, like feedback shouldn't be about feelings, but rather like potentially about enlightening the person with, with data, right? So you really want to show them like, Hey, this made me uncomfortable because you didn't use an inclusive language. And I would really appreciate if you can use an inclusive language because I feel more respected by that. Blah, blah, blah. I think we can beat in the middle and say, maybe not related to work, as I said, but it should be about like what you felt. Yes, it is important, but then it should also be about the action mm -hmm. and some kind of recommendation. Yeah, as you yeah said. that's a good way. I guess I, I felt this way, but this is just how I felt, but this is actually the issue and this is how you could potentially yeah. improve. And, and also maybe, I guess, as a giver, also think about it and i mean i'm not sure what else could person do there are so many things rather uh maybe not every feeling that you have is worth giving feedback on yeah like sometimes contemplate I, I'm, i'm not discouraging people from expressing their feelings again these, these are important and we all have them sometimes it's But interesting it's also important to make sure it's it's not you like right you're giving feedback it shouldn't be just oh i'm giving this you this but just because uh -huh. i feel everything sometimes it's interesting because um, you know if people start saying everything that uh, feels uncomfortable to them you might end up in an endless discussion like you said before right and again you, do, you don't want to go yeah, down the path i, I agree right? you want to really be concrete about things and And I think that's all boils down to the culture topic we were talking a little bit before, which is like, how do you foster, first of all, a nice culture to work with or work at? And um, basically based on that, what are the things that you should compromise on yourself, right? To be able to be in this kind of culture. Some people will say, no, this is not for me. And that's fine. Right? This, this is not how I, how I want to be um, involved with this culture. And, and that's fine. And you move away. Yeah, actually, uh, I think it's very good that you mentioned this thing. It would somewhat define the scope of this, right? It's like, okay, we're going through this feedback exercise, but it's not just for us to please you or that person or everyone. We have this common goal we're all going to, like as a company, as a whatever relationship, family, anything. And there are these things that are important mm -hmm. for us as a group. And we're trying to make all this work better together i mean I, I, maybe i'm give, going too no, fluffy I think, with I this think that's that's a fair uh, point i i didn't i didn't, no, I didn't mean point. to i, I didn't mean to, I, but the, but but then the, the, the point like as you were saying uh there are certain things that you feel uncomfortable with but there is also this on the other side yeah, so yeah. if whether one worth the other that's that's and if an you look at like I will, i will bring back to the toxic kind of uh, culture again, right? Where I, I was reading these days, um, I, I don't even remember where, but, and, and you might relate to this or not, but basically there are a lot of companies who make lots of efforts to keep toxic people in their teams for reasons. And this has such a bad impact on their culture overall, right? Because people might leave because of this person, people that have so far being so engaged with the company, but because of one toxic person, they're going to move away. Infamous 10X right. developers among and, and others. The interesting thing is that like what, what I was trying to understand from this uh, reading is like, why, why does a lot, why do a lot of companies actually go through the trouble of keeping a toxic person after giving feedback, after feedback, and this person not changing? Um, why do we still do that? Right? Like, why do we keep this person? Um, this might be a mistake, but also it, it happens everywhere. If you look at it, it happens in a lot of companies, companies that we all have been through and, and it's interesting. Uh, I might have been that person. Maybe no, I, mean, might I have. have been that person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've, I've been a person of trying to keep toxic people as well. And that is definitely, that's wrong. Oh, no, I but meant, you're not toxic. No, the, the no, toxic no, no, person, I'm going but... the next level toxic as as really something someone hard to work with like you're critical um you you criticize work which is fine 
and you should you should challenge other people's idea. Oh uh, no, no, I I mean like the past. Uh, past, past, past you, me, I don't you know. know you. Maybe L- long before we knew each other. It's no, so I mean I don't. I, don't, I, I, I think don't think Maxim is capable of some of the levels of toxicity no, yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I've exactly. like. I mean. Oh wow! Thank you, thank you. I, it I don't means think it would even I have improved mind. Even the the old toxic Max. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, going that far, I, I have some examples, and yes, here I agree with you. I'm, I'm like a, an innocent mm. child compared yeah, to some I, of the people I know. Yeah, like you can go. It's not even overboard. This is like beyond the yeah, last I've frontier. Seen people that are extremely toxic, and, and this comes I've down seen companies to wanting to keep them as well, where the where the feedback well. is not coming from somebody that they respect. Maybe they respect nobody, mm. which is a whole another problem. But, uh, Basically anarchy, and that's it. oh, dealing with narcissist, dealing with narcissists is yeah. another topic. Mm. Yeah, that, that's. But I think it's also important that's, that's to look at uh, at that aspect. Not sure right? I'm qualified. Like you have to look not just at like at the person as you're if you're giving feedback, right? You have to understand the position you're in as well. Like I think if Italo at the moment as a CTO or Kieran as a CTO gives feedback to a junior engineer, you have to take a totally different tone. Mm-hmm. Then, if you give it towards an, an, a, a staff engineer Absolutely. or an, a principal engineer, oh, 100%. exactly, you got to shape it. So that comes with practice, right? Like you will learn how to give feedback to different kind of people in different stages in their careers. Um, also, expectations are totally different, right? You're if you give a very harsh yeah. feedback to a junior, you might de- might be demotivating this person for the rest of their careers. So you got to be very careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but again, also too like. Uh, a little note to feedback receivers a look yeah. at the giver consider who feedback is coming the from the context they that have the experience of absolute they importance. have yes. where that might be coming from yeah everything they have that, that how, how much they've level. actually seen of you and your work so lately time. or for a longer period of time and, and what can they do with that feedback like sometimes it's yeah. useless I mean if I'm looking at an, an engineer who is very this is an easy example but it's good an engineer who isn't very experienced and I might be feeling some frustration because I know of a better way to do something. Um, I have to not only think, okay, this is a learning opportunity. Um, and I can just unload all of this knowledge on the person, but I have to think, okay, but how, how much of this is going to make sense? Like, how can I turn this into the next logical step? And I, I don't mean to say that you should, uh, own the two sides of the feedback <laughs> conversation, but I do mean that you should give a little bit of thought. Um, you know, if you were on the other side, like, yeah. what would you do with this? What could you do with this information? You're about your to your point there is also a lot on on basically not using authority, but rather your influence, right? Because your experience, um, the experience that you bring, let's say that you're a very senior person and you're teaching somebody else and you're giving that feedback and you want to, you want that person to grow. Um, you have two options, right? You can say, Hey, believe me, I've seen this thousand times in my career. Do it because I say so. That's one way or no, let's learn together. Let's look at it. I've seen this before. Let me guide you through it. That's a totally different conversation you might have with somebody that is more junior and it's more engaging as well for whoever is receiving that. Um, I've seen both and sometimes both works, but most of the times the second is way better. It's how you influence people, how you lead people in the end. Yeah. Also one thing I personally, sorry, just, I was just going to say that one thing that I personally struggle with sometimes is like, I don't know if I'm right, especially, especially if it's something technical. I might feel very certain that I'm looking at an architecture that is wasteful or a solution design that fails to account for a bunch of different things. But uh, then again, I'm also surprised a lot of the time because people, regardless of experience level, are creative and intelligent and they can see things that I missed. And so I find that in times like that, it's better to ask, oh, I see you're doing this thing. That's cool. Uh, why did you make this decision? And, and and by the way, have you considered this other thing? I'm just, you know, wondering what your, what your process was to get to this. And sometimes the answer is, oh, I hadn't thought of this other thing and it's better. Thank you. Other, other times the answer is, yeah, I thought of that and I didn't do it for this and that reason. And I'm like, oh, actually, that's pretty cool. Never mind. Carry on. You know, so I think that having that, um, 
like, like not assuming that you're coming from a position of always being right is something that I, I struggle with. It's not easy because as a, especially as a manager, you have to strike a balance between, you know, being, being confident and, you know, like you're there for a reason, but also having the understanding that other people know more than you and they will surprise I mean, you. And that's, that, that's not to say that, so I, I, um, sometimes gut feeling isn't important as well or isn't valid uh in terms of uh actually literally today i had a meeting in which um i said okay like you're asking for us to do all this stuff by end of july and i don't need to you know go ahead and scope it all out and and you know break it down and whatever to tell you that gut feeling this isn't going to happen uh because you know based on my experience we can go and do the exercise but i can tell you right now that that's not going to happen and i think that um th okay that was a very specific like example of break like a product exercise essentially but if from, a, from a, here's your experience talk, exactly talk yeah already. i'm just saying don't dismiss that gut feeling as well yeah. but preface it and say Ooh, this okay. is a gut feeling. i think it really is time to to to, to, Go to mention, mention your thing. thing so so can i say something the thing i was <laughs> like i think it's it's important okay let let, let, let me finish my okay, thing you and then your you thing please and hold then I'll on to your thing, thing so yeah the, the thing i was going to say before yeah it's it's very close to what pedro said and i also want to point uh that this is important uh what Pedro said and the thing that is connected to it. When you have experience, I think Kieran, your thing also comes to play here. When you have a lot of experience and you give feedback to a less experienced person, you got to put yourself in their shoes. You can't be just coming with all your experience and like, yes, it is useful to give feedback, to have experience. You can always say, oh yeah, I've seen these things or I know and blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, like the feeling, Pedro, you were talking about when you see how people, let's say, you might think they don't perform well enough. But it's always easy to think, let's say in this specific example, that someone's underperforming because now you know better. But however many years ago, like I did know better, I wasn't performing. But it depends on the expectation. So it's like... Right, like that's oh, why it's important yeah, to set expectations I mean, for each role kind of right so you you don't expect the junior to know the same things as a staff engineer right so they might be underperforming on their own role and that's a totally different conversation you should have um but the way pedro was was mentioning right like the way he was giving an example in, in this example of feedback um is the way you should go right like you you don't go and say hey you're doing this wrong Right, like you're using the wrong pattern here because I know better. Uh, that that is not that is not cool, right? Like nobody appreciates that. And asking in a in a more soft way, like Pedro just did, is like, "Hey, I see what you're doing. I like it, but have you considered this?" And then they go into a conversation where they're really looking at at different options to solve a problem. That that's a cool way to do it. Oh yeah, no, in, in no way I was. Uh not accepting the validity of the example. Yeah, it's just complimenting. Yet again shows you how, how people how people think of same things in a different yeah. way. And then when I've tried to actually validate what's been said, I needed to oh, express cool. it. It's just adding thing. to it. Maybe it's just an, another another hint that what you say is not what you think and what people hear is what they heard of what you said of what you thought. So it's not a direct connection between two minds. 100%. I think this is also happens Often Wouldn't that be so much easier during any Just kind of communication? But obviously, Vulcan mind meld it. No, you don't I want to hear my thoughts. I don't know. <laughs> no. Not not exactly sure. I think so much would be lost and creativity. Might can we? I, I think but Warner has something yeah, to but say. Warner, can, you wanted can to I, say something. Can we bring it back? Can we bring it back to talking about culture after that? Because I think this is. No. no, no, because I don't want to talk about culture. What I want no. to talk about investment, because I think we now talked a lot about feedback, but all every example we've talked about in this case, it's in regards to, hey, you have to take the time, you have to work with somebody, you have to think, you have to care. That means you also need to be invested into the feedback you're giving. And I think this is really important. What a lot of people forget is that a lot of people are not invested in your feedback. So 
this is when you pick people to receive feedback from, but also people you want to respect, uh, they need to be invested in giving feedback. Like for me, a simple ex ex example was, I was a staff engineer in an organization. They hired a principal engineer. That principal engineer came in and I was like, cool, finally somebody I can learn from. Somebody who's going to be better at specific pieces of coding, system thinking, process thinking, uh, system architecture, like somebody who's going to be better at those kind of things. And this person, like the first conversation I had with him, the first kind of feedback which I received from this person in regards to the architecture that we put down, in regards to the systems that we put down, didn't help me because the person wasn't invested in giving me feedback. And I think that, and wasn't willing to take the time to work with me to understand his different different experiences which he had. Because if you look at at some point, you have a principal engineer or a staff engineer, or you have a senior developer, like they have different experiences than you have. And this is also they may not be less experienced. They just have different experiences and they interpret those differently. Which also means for your feedback, you really need to be invested in giving it and also receiving it. If you don't respect somebody for one reason or another, you won't be invested into accepting the feedback as well. So I think that is really important with these kind of things. And of course, this is also a cultural thing, but it's a cultural thing as in you need to foster a situation in which people in your organization are invested in each other and the organization to all work together to improve and to make the best whatever you're making or building or doing. But I think that is really important. I think you brought it back right. to culture after all, but okay, yeah. Thanks for that, Werner. You know, yeah, yeah, definitely. But like, I, I want to understand better what you mean by invested. So in, in this case, the person wasn't invested in you. What does that mean to you? So it means to me in this case that I asked that person a couple of questions. He gave feedback on the situation we had in that organization. Uh, in this case, it was specifically uh, regarding the way we were doing messaging and or um, event strategy. So event event driven strategy we were kind of trying to build. Um, and you heard that the guy did not have that much experience with it, which is fine. Uh, but again, like even with the the feedback he was giving, it was based on the things he he learned. But it came down to short, abrupt sentences, not willing to give examples, not willing to help you evolve, and also not willing to say, hey, I don't know, or I don't, like not willing to give any kind of create a connection. And I think this is really important where, and at that point, he actually switched to something he seems to have experience in, which in his case was mob, impair, mob programming, and everything went directly into how bad we were doing in regards to not doing mob programming as feedback. And again, that kind of like lack of investment into learning who your audience is, learning how to address it, learning that you're new in a, in an organization in this case for that person. Uh, it's really hard. And it's, I also struggle with this when I joined my, my current organization, like it's, I went way too harsh on my feedback because for me, uh, it was, uh, it wasn't the kind of, of company I was I, I saw that I was expecting. And I think for me, that's also one of the things you really, what I learned there is I really need to, when I give feedback, I need to make sure that I'm willing to sit there, I'm willing to explain it, I'm willing to help that person and also help myself by hopefully learning new things. Because I will also need to get the feedback from what I'm saying, as in maybe that person has different experience, has different ways of thinking, and I need to be, I shouldn't close the door as the one giving feedback to receive it. That. So you, you're saying, you're saying basically that, uh, that in, the, in, the, in this case, and maybe yours as well, uh, later, there wasn't an effort to understand the, 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 the context, the circumstances and, and, and to connect, right? It was more of a unidirectional dumping of opinions based on past experiences before establishing the relevancy of those experiences to your current context and even just m building some personal rapport yep. right that's kind of what yep. i'm getting yeah yeah that's not feedback that's, that's opinions which might be right might be wrong but it's not really and, and, and helping you know, you grow yeah one thing yeah. that i thanks for sharing. just from your example what i think it really helps um, at least in my organization here 
the the first like the first training we receive when we get in no matter if you are a manager or not is how to provide feedback which is really helpful um a lot of people come with as you said different experiences maybe they they work in a company where feedback culture wasn't really as predominant as the company they are now joining um and they go through this training which might sound sound boring to a few people here and there but i think it's very valuable it's a way for you to understand how to provide constructive feedback um which might ass might assess this kind of of cases that that you that you're mentioning right like here and there um because it makes people think how to provide valuable feedback in the end um so that 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 might be something if if a company can invest on that amazing it's it, it def definitely helps yeah also also how to receive yeah, it yeah and it's both ways even all this yeah giving and receiving in two different companies with let's say what we would call a good feedback yep. culture they might be different still right so what was okay in that company might not be in this one or not not okay but it yeah. would be different or different things would be encouraged or discouraged or people would be used to hearing more about x and less about y or, or whatever agreed yeah that that's good that you actually provide this training it's, it first. was literally my first training it was really okay. nice that's pretty cool that's so nice that's so nice i find that a lot of the time um there are these decisions let's do this let's be a feedback culture let's uh all do devops <laughs> <laughs> to hit a nerve um but there's very rarely any thought given to okay how are we actually going to make this happen uh it's not you don't just decide that suddenly the sky is orange you have to um do something to make that happen and training is 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 great so i'm really happy i mean it sounds like a really good first step to a feedback culture is making sure everybody's on board with feedback 101 and then the basics of of giving that um yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times when people are trying to say, oh, we have a feedback culture is, uh, oh, we do a 360 review once a year and mm -hmm. that's it, right? Um, yeah. I think building a culture of it is, I mean, most of this conversation has been direct manager to employee feedback. Some of the conversation has been on peer-to-peer -peer feedback and building this idea of ad hoc feedback as well as supplementing that with scheduled feedback rounds be that 360, be that performance review, however else that is. Uh, and then we kind of alluded to it very early on in the, in the um, episode as well, but things like pull request comments are feedback. RFCs, and it, you know that's literally a process where you're asking for feedback. Um, I, I think I it, if you want to have a feedback culture, you need to enable feedback in enable the possibility of feedback in everything that you do. Yeah, I would say even like pull requests and RFCs, which are an async form of feedback, are even trickier because words, the way you express yourselves in words can sometimes go totally mm -hmm. wrong. Right? Like people that are reading on the other end oh, yeah. can really understand it in a very, very different way of what you were actually meant. Um, so, Yeah, you never know what state yeah. they would be in reading them and everything exactly. you can catch them at like a very wrong time when neither you nor them Absolutely. were prepared. And Absolutely. <laughs> and that's, that is why also this kind of trainings should not only focus on how you provide feedback verbally, but potentially even explore the possibilities of how you write feedback, which is extremely valuable. Um, the way you write it and, and the tone of voice and this kind of things, right? So it's because then you can apply it in pull requests, RFCs, whatever other forms of async communication here and there emails emails yeah also I, so I think we should touch yeah. just briefly the skill of the language that feedback is given and received yeah. in Ooh. this is super important like big, uh, this, big this right there yeah the teeny teeny tiny thing that we could start with is that sometimes mm -hmm. people would write better than they speak or the other way around and this is important and one as a giver and as a receiver should pay attention to where feedback is coming from and who is it given to the act of writing or speaking in a certain language might be so uncomfortable as to change the content of the of the, of the communication 
Oh, yeah. Right. And a lot of the time you have people that you know are very thoughtful. They're very intelligent. They care a lot. But when you look at the communications coming out of that person, they, they don't rise to the level yeah. that you know the person has. And, and also and, the other way around sometimes, yeah. which is even more confusing. So ask all you people with a, who yeah. are non-native English speakers. Yeah. Have you ever had to, in an English-speaking workplace, switch to your native language to get your feedback across? Yes. And yes. how? Yes. No. How yes. did? Well, okay, but uh, you know, there's there's no there's no there's no other Dutch people. I mean, Berlin, obviously, right? yes. So. Sometimes there aren't even there aren't even enough words <laughs> in in the language. Sometimes, like one language might have like better words to describe this stuff. And when you know that person has this certain image in their mind connected to this word that there is no equivalent for in other languages. It would be silly to try to translate it and yes butcher and no. it even more. I would... You better go straight to the... Yeah. Uh, if you can, it's not always an option, right? I can't give feedback you to can. you in I Russian, just, let's I, say. I won't accept you wouldn't, it. <laughs> yeah, but that wouldn't, wouldn't really, you know, hit any nerves um, there. No, but the, so follow-up question <sighs> would be... Uh, what was the situation in which you had to do this? And uh, would you say that that is an acceptable thing to do? Or would you say that this was like a, a, a dire situation where you, you needed to switch to your native language to course correct on something? Uh, in my case, all of the above, everything, like many different cases, sometimes I would stick to English and uh, also like it's, I guess the best thing you could do is to ask the person. But if you both know you speak the same language, you can figure it out. Uh, sometimes when I really want to express this specific thing, I will switch. It doesn't have to be a dire situation or something. It could just be, even if it's a very positive feedback, I could be like, hey, you know what? This is like what really expresses it. Other times could also be English. It's like, I, I don't think there is like a an easy recipe here, at least in my case. Mm -hmm. It's like every situation is different, but it could be, and it has been like, or have been many different ones. Like all, all of the, what, all of what you mentioned. Yeah, I'm and, just asking because uh, I'm fascinated. It's not something I've ever, I, I don't have the opportunity to do that. I have English or, you know, like B1 level in, German and probably worse than that in French. So, right. In in my case, it was also similar to to Max. Like like basically going through the same kind of steps here and there. But sometimes in your native language, if you're talking to somebody else that is also in that native language, you can put your point across much easier, depending on who you're communicating to. Right? If that person on the other side is not very familiar with English terms or if it's going to get too cumbersome to actually work through the English nuances here and there uh, to put your point across, and then sometimes just switching to your native language makes it easier. Um, but I, I, I've been what just Max uh, through what just Max uh, said, which is like different cases here and there where switching to native language just makes it easier. Um, but of course, it's important that that this doesn't happen with other people around you that don't speak that native language, right? Like that's disrespectful in the end. So it's important that if it's a direct conversation with a single person or a group of people that speak that same language, great. Otherwise, just don't switch. It's not really cool for other people that don't speak that language. Yeah, yeah, definitely not cool. People may yeah, come yeah, up with so exactly. many thoughts that you don't want them. A again, you can't be in control of thoughts mm. they come up with, but you're Actions in control you of make. the impression sort that you of, leave. Let's yeah. call it. Yeah, basically, you're yeah. in control of also, your actions. Also, don't forget so, you're yeah. setting an example, even if you're in a group and your company language is, let's say, English, mm -hmm. and you start all speaking Portuguese, you're setting an example for that group. That means that it is acceptable yeah. for the, in the workplace to actually create silos, to create situations uh, in actually, which you do not nurture uh, the the growth or the understanding of first of all yourself because you're not using the english language or the language of the company uh, it can also be dutch if you're in a dutch company or german when you're in a german company uh, and i think this is also really important like what i've noticed though yeah, in my regardless of your level yeah. as well i would add 100 like, doesn't matter For even sure. if you're a junior junior you're still 
part of that culture, you still uh, one of the contributors. Sometimes you're much of a bigger contributor than you think yeah, you it's are. It's basically like the rule is simple, right? Like yeah. you work in a company, the, the company says our language is English and you're discussing work-related things in the corridor with your colleague that is the same from the same country or, or native language as you do, speak in English because people might pass across you or, or through you there and, and just say, oh, wait, I heard, I overheard what we were saying here and maybe I can contribute. That's also fine. Yep. Yeah, th th this one is, a, is a, like borderline, right? It's like, it, it, well, not, it's a tricky one. I don't like know. when you're, I don't, I don't when know, it's guys. like two of us talking in the corridor, thinking that someone would pass by when again, as we said before, I might deliver my point across much better or like use a better metaphor. However, I would say, and that, that part I would agree with, like, if you see someone's approaching yeah. or someone's passing yeah. by, switch. Optics, mm, optics matter yeah, there. Sometimes optics matter, like, I would even, and so many of my colleagues and friends do as well, you would switch and then you would quickly yeah, explain to the person that, the conversation that, that part is previously. Fine. So they wouldn't have like any second thoughts. It's like, yeah, yeah we were just talking yeah. about this. Or sometimes even amidst like the conversation, where you just quickly say something is like, oh, yeah, that's oh, what yeah, I absolutely. said. If, Didn't mean, like, if you're no able disrespect. to do this as, as a group or as, as, as two people talking, amazing, awesome, just switch to, to whatever language will include other people in it. Just don't make part of your culture just to speak in your native languages and forget about every, everybody else. If you're out yeah, of work... This also goes then, for Slack, right? Sorry? Like, if, even this goes for Slack. If you, yeah, if 100%. I look, uh, like, if I'm sitting next to somebody and we're, we're coding... We're pair programming, and I see that somebody is responding suddenly in, in Portuguese or in Spanish. By the way, sorry for saying Portuguese or Spanish, but it happens the most with those languages, I've noticed. Um, it's Berlin. Uh, the native really language. Common, yeah. But it is really that case. <laughs> when you're sitting next to them and they're responding to somebody in a private DM in Spanish, even that makes me feel uncomfortable. And the reason is that I know that I have, for example, problems with the other person on the other side with his English all the time. And he's, because he keeps speaking in DMs only with people who speak his language, you're like that person is fully isolating himself into its own bubble. Yeah. And it's not helping him nor the company, nor the person if, who he's uh, talking with. I want to, I want to touch on the language topic for a second. I know we have to wrap up, but, um, you know, we, we are in an extremely international city and not every programmer, uh, that we work with is, even minimally fluent in, in, in English. Um, and this is a problem for communication. And I, I think the, I think the problem there is that I know objectively in my mind that if this person spoke better English, they would be able to engage their colleagues much better and they would be more successful. They would get promoted. Um, all of those benefits would come to them. However, it feels extremely, um, patronizing to come up to somebody and say, Hey, you should, get a course, uh -huh. you know, you should take a course in English. Um, I do believe that there's space in a work setting to say, Hey, this is the language in which business is conducted. And we have this resource available for anyone who feels like they would benefit from it. Be that, you know, classes, one-on-one -on -one tutoring, you know, whatever. Um, and I do think that it's, it is appropriate to mention in private one-on-one -on -one feedback conversations like, Hey, you know, like I don't want to come across as rude or anything, but you know, everyone here, um, the better English they speak, the, 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 the just the better they do. Right. And, and if you're, if this is a thing that you feel could benefit you, you know, the company can help, blah, blah, blah. Um, one thing that I, I want to highlight though, is when, uh, when, when, when you, you bring into the team into a team where English, the, the fluency level in English is very low and you bring in someone who is a native English speaker and isn't demonstrating a lot of like empathy and awareness for other people's circumstances, it, it, instead of that person being kind of an example and helping others learn, you know, while talking, it can actually shut the other people down because suddenly this person can communicate super well and they can be heard. They, you know, they, they, they have a lot of clout, um, and everyone around is like not even making an effort anymore because, you know, they take hey, two also, minutes to make each, uh, any point. I, I've been one of those not very well-versed in, uh, English people, someone who's 
whose English is good and some like if they're also like very well read person, it's sometimes so exhausting to have a conversation with them. I guess yeah, it's the I've same been on the them. other end of this for sure. I, I'm pretty sure it's the same for them. <laughs> Yeah, but but sometimes you're just yeah. like you're like going through some thick viscous stuff and you don't understand anything and it takes so much mental energy of you and then by like 10 minutes after you forgot what it, the hell are you talking about you're not understanding anything. This is anymore. this is why it's really so, yeah, important th- this who's is... giving the feedback as well, right? Because I've because I I can't give somebody yeah. feedback, well I can. I feel bad giving somebody feedback saying, hey, your English isn't very good because, you know, I've been speaking English since I was smaller than I am now. So. Which is not very much, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's to do also with the, with, the, with the power differential, right? Because not only are you a native English speaker, so you're automatically in a position of power versus the other person who isn't. Uh, but also you, mm-hmm. uh. you're a manager and right now you're a pretty high level manager even. And so anything that you say might be intended as a constructive comment, like something the person can do to improve their circumstances. But because your power differential is so big, it can be misconstrued as a, as a threat even, you know, basically like, uh, like a, get a, get, get a higher level of English or I'm not even going to uh-huh. work for you. Yeah. Um, and you have very little control over, over how this is going to be perceived by another person. Um, but you yeah. have to have that awareness. Um, so, so same, that power. same for the other way around. I would say I've actually been in a situation where I would have to, uh, uh, as a report, I would be giving this feedback that, you know, such and such things could be improved. And then you're like, sheesh, how do I do it without, I mean, in, without making the person even more uncomfortable. And I really want to improve this relationship. And thankfully in that case, it actually went really well. It was, uh, I, I was so happy that to my feedback, the reply was like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's like so many people would never like even correct. I continue talk like, you know, not exactly like an idiot, but something close to that. And you're like, oh, wow. But this doesn't happen. Often, then you never know. So what you said That's, applies so very much. I, I'm going to prolong this for another minute. I'm sorry, but I want to touch on that, Maxime, because like I've been... Oh, no, no, keep going, keep going. I'm all in. It was, it was one of the most stressful professional situations that I've ever been in. And I know that this isn't saying much, um, but I was in a probation period and my manager demanded that every week I bring some feedback to them. Uh, ideally something that they could do better. And it's like, I don't know you. I don't know, you know, what triggers you. You could start with stopping asking me for feedback every week. (laughs) Right. But then I am going against my manager, which is a big no-no. It's also known as a career limiting move. Um, so it's, it's, it's a double whammy of like not having the relationship, not having the context, not having, you know, any track record that gives me any credibility for suggesting that something gets changed. And it's also hitting at a very fundamental thing that this person really valued. This person genuinely cared about feedback, but this person didn't really understand, I think, the, the power differential situation. Man, this you is know, such a pickle to be in. Like, this is you know, we, we did an entire episode. The culture, we right? did an entire, entire episode on power differentials. It was episode 16 entitled, It's a Spreadsheet Bro. And we talked about authority versus influence. We talked about, uh, like, literally power differentials. So I think, um, uh, you know, yeah. you can go find that at criticalchannel.io slash 16. If you're uh, interested in catching up on the back catalog, you should you should do that. Hundred percent do it. And uh, yeah, we for th- for this episode, of course, we always put show notes up. This one will be at criticalchannel.io/slash twenty. Big big milestone, guys. Yay! Twenty. Woo-hoo. Oh yeah. Um, and in those, go us. Yeah. Thank you for listening, whoever you are. I'm, uh, yes. I, I love you. Lots of love. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And. I feel uncomfortable now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> great feedback, Warner. Thank you. Um, yeah, this is this is going to be a really bad ongoing joke now. Um,
I, I just realized that maybe at the end of this episode, we should have read some feedback we've received about the podcast. Uh, do you have mm. any? We have received some. I, I didn't prepare any too not, much. Not, no, we have, we have received, yeah. we have received plenty, but yeah. It's not prepared to be. Um, but if you want to send, this us is some what more, they mean with investment. If you want to send us some more, then uh, we're invested in your feedback. We'll uh, maybe we'll even read it out if it's nice, or if it's not nice, and if it's constructive, then that's great too. Uh, you will also, speaking of the show notes, as I was a minute ago, you can find those at criticalchannel.io/slash twenty for this episode. And I'm going to drop a book recommendation in this week. Uh, which is for Radical Candor, which is a uh, one of the one of the big ones that I think a lot of people recommend. Um, basically, the entire premise of the book is care personally, challenge directly. It's how to be direct, how to give feedback, how to get what get what you want and say what you mean without uh, coming across in a harsh way. Um, it it got. Yeah, I mean, it got a lot of feedback, some positive, some negative, but I think it was quite helpful. Uh, I think Max had a book recommendation as well, right? Yeah, I just realized that I, I might have actually talked about this book a few episodes back. But anyway, worth to be mentioned the second time. It's uh, The Culture Map by Erin Meyer. Uh, she is talking about different cultures, as in like, American, South American, Asian, European, whatever. Uh, it might come across, especially in the beginning, as just like a bunch of stereotypes about different cultures. But when you read through, you actually see that even though that some of those are stereotypes, it's important to at least be aware of those. You don't necessarily have to apply those to every like person from this nationality or country or whatever part of the world that you meet. But for me personally, it was just a huge eye opener to just be, be aware of these many, uh, how do you call those sort of like layers to how people interact with one another. Just, just knowing that, oh, this person might actually be perceiving things in this way, regardless of their nationality. Just, just knowing that, oh, that's an option. So maybe I should kind of know them better. And next empathy. time we talk, I give like, yes, like make, make, how to make sure that you are actually aware of how it is for them. So no, okay. They like it to be direct here. I'll go direct here. But in that other thing, they would like it like, we also have the stereotypes of people being, you know, if you're direct, you also like, I don't know, short PowerPoint slides, but some points are very direct, but they want very long explanations or something like that. Yeah. Highly recommend that one. We got any more since we're here? Yeah, I can uh, jump in. I have a book that I'm happy to recommend uh, multiple times. Probably I will do this again on a different episode um, because it covers so many different topics. It's called 97 Things Every Engineering yes. Manager Should Know uh, by Camille Fournier. Yeah, it's a it's amazing. Like it's recent-ish, came out 2019. Um, I read it a while ago uh, and I actually go back to it very often. Uh, it's great for, you know, anyone who is a lead, uh, who is an engineering manager, as the title implies, but also higher up, like if you're head of engineering director, CTO, like, I, honestly, I think that there's a lot of, of uh, a lot in there for anyone who is in tech. Um, even if you're an individual contributor, there's going to be a lot of things in there. And, and, and it includes a lot of really good advice by different people. So Camille is a cont contributor to the book. She has chapters that she wrote, but there's also stuff that comes from other people in the industry. It's like a collection um, of 97 things. And some of those are about feedback. They're about communication. They are uh, precisely about this topic. And uh, yeah, deeply, strongly recommend that everyone in tech should read that book, especially if you care about feedback and engineering. How many times have you read it? Uh, good question. I, I read it once back to back 
and I've gone back to it. I don't know, maybe a couple dozen times, just like to go back. So to pop quiz: What's uh, topics? What's number forty-three? Uh, chapters are super short. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That. I don't know that, Kieran. I think <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> I think that's. You can find us on next time was for you can find us on Twitter at uh, Criticalio, and you can uh, <laughs> that threw me. <laughs> and uh, as I said before, you can find the show notes at criticalchannel.io/slash twenty. And it's been a pleasure to hang out with you again, and uh, catch you next episode. Ciao. Ciao. Bye.